a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I have nothing. <laughs> it's okay. Literally nothing. All right. So um, <laughs> recently I made what is either a good choice or like a stupid choice. Oh, okay. And I got another dog. Ah, uh, yeah, Wednesday. So now I am outnumbered by dogs. And here's the fun thing about puppies. <laughs> Even if you've had puppies a lot of times before like I have and I'm very guilty of this I feel like you willfully forget like how difficult it is until like the puppy learns like not to do certain things <laughs> or to go to the bathroom outside which like housebreaking I fucking hate because it's always a nightmare but yeah. I feel like you just willfully forget all of that when you're, like, making this decision. And now I'm like, I love her so much. She's cute, but she's bitey. She is cute. And she's chewy. And not, like, I'm not chewing on her, but she's chewing on everything. Is she still teething? Yeah. Yeah. And also, she has this weird propensity for trying to eat plastic. And, like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Sometimes I'm not sure where the plastic is coming from, so I'm a little worried. Uh, and also, I have to keep pulling things out of her mouth, which is not fun. And also, I love her, but like, oh, this is much harder than I remembered it being. I had to pull an ornament hook out of Laszlo's mouth at the end of November, so just, that was fun. That's puppies, man. Not sure where the fuck she got that. Here's the thing. They're ninjas. I know! They're so good at getting stuff in their mouth, and you don't know where it comes from. Just yesterday, I was standing up. I was in the dining room, and she's, like, there. And Nate was like, she was just over here! I'm like, yeah, she's quick. <laughs> and, like, here's the thing. The puppy is small. Right. So it fits under all of the furniture. Everything. Which is yep. something I haven't had to worry about in a, several years. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I have a full-grown dog now, so she can't do that anymore. So sometimes <laughs> I panic because I think I somehow lost the puppy <laughs> in my own home. But she's under the sofa. <laughs> and then she's under something I didn't think anything could fit under. <laughs> so that's terrifying. Oh, no. I'm not sure if this is, uh, like, it might kill me, but I don't know. Here's the thing, I already did it, so. <laughs> no turning back Fun now. Fun fact about me, I will just make a decision and then be like, well, we've done this, so we're committed now, <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, you're not the type of person to take a dog back. I would never return a dog. Neither would I. Even if it's too much for me to handle, I'd be like, no, I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> I'm um, going to make this work. Yeah, I mean, I love her to pieces, so I don't necessarily think I fucked up. She's a little cutie. But s simultaneously, I'm like, ooh, what were you thinking? Mm. This is a lot. <laughs> Listen, we only have one puppy, 
But I say that repeatedly because I am 42. And she is five months old. And she's going everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. She tried. So when we had, like, the, the blast freeze and, like, the fucking snow and all that shit, she's like, snow. And she's running down the back steps. And I'm like, Laszlo, mommy cannot do that. If mommy falls, mommy's going to the hospital. Yeah. I almost fell in mud the other day because, like, uh, two of them that I'm trying to walk at the same time, they both really want to run down the hill, which is much easier for them because they're on four legs and they're closer to the ground. And I'm on two legs and I'm clumsy and I (laughs) suck at everything. And also it was muddy. So I almost fell on my ass and it was nerve wracking, but Mm. I managed to get my footing. Oh, puppies are great. But also I had to throw my shoes away because they were caked in mud. And I don't know about you, but I'm not about trying to clean something off once it's to the point that it's caked Mm-mm. in mud. No. So R.I.P. to those sneakers. Oh no, was it your purple ones? No, it was my black ones with the skulls printed on them. And I'm, I'm really sad about it, but like simultaneously, I was not going to commit to trying to scrub all of that mud out of the canvas. Can you rebuy them? Possibly. Do you remember where you got them Hot from? topic. Oh, okay. Then they might still have them. <clears throat> There's the scarlet thread of murder running through the colorless skein of life. And our duty is to unravel it and isolate it and expose every inch of it. Welcome to the Studying Scarlet Podcast. Hi, thanks for joining us for another True Crime Tuesday. I'm Ashley Rosewood. And I'm Jessica Sharice. And together, we are hilarious and sexy. I too drink my energy drink with my pinky out. (laughs) I didn't mean to. Was I really doing that? You did. (laughs) You you pinky outed. I'm not classy. I'm a classy bitch. You are. You're much classier than I am. So, you like Coke or Pepsi more? Coke. So, so I do I, have to think about it. Even though I'm drinking a Pepsi right now. Yeah, you're always drinking Pepsi products. Do you like Coke more? Well, I'll tell you why. Because this is the one that's always on sale at the grocery store. So, so I buy what's on sale. I feel like I need to correct myself because, like, I don't actually like Coke. Okay. But I like Coke products. Okay. And if I had, if I only had two choices for caffeine sitting in front of me, and one was Pepsi and one was Coke, I would take the Coke. Gotcha. So I just want to be clear. But also, Barks Root Beer is the gold standard in my life. And that's, that's a Coke product. That's a Coke product. Yeah. I think A&W is two, or is A&W the Pepsi product? Um, Mug, I think, is the Pepsi I don't remember, actually. I just don't really like A&W or Mug Root Beer that much. But, like, here's the thing. It's not... Ne- it's a little bit about the flavor. I'm not going to lie to you. I prefer the the Barks flavor, but it's also about the caffeine. And Barks is the only caffeinated root beer there yeah. is. Even mm-hmm. though people always try to argue with me and tell me root beer doesn't have caffeine. And I'm like, look at the fucking ingredients. There's a reason why Barks has bite, y'all. I, <laughs> I am a caffeine addict. Don't try to argue with me about where I can get my drugs. Yeah. It, is, it is the only root beer that has caffeine. But I do like Dr. Pepper. I love Dr. Pepper. That's the only Pepsi product I drink. I actually read a, uh, an article recently. I didn't read the article. I read the headline and I was going to read the article and then I forgot to go back to it. Where I was basically like, you know, in the, in the Coke and Pepsi, like whatever, Dr. Pepper is starting to come out on top and i'm like good that's great that's how it should be i like dr pepper <laughs> i just don't like it as much as root beer but if i cannot get root beer mm-hmm. i will drink dr pepper you've seen it i have yeah and generally if a restaurant if we're there if they have dr pepper that's what i'll get a lot of places that have coke products will still have dr pepper i've noticed that so it's like If I get screwed and they're out of root beer, which unfortunately with production problems has been a real thing the last couple of years, I can usually still get Dr. Pepper. And plus, like, I know this is going to be weird because this isn't what I'm drinking right now. It's not diet, but there is a diet wild cherry Pepsi, whereas with Coke, there's no diet cherry Coke. They have cherry Coke Zero, which is not the same thing. And I always thought it was weird that they never made a diet cherry Coke. 
and cherry is superior to regular, and I will die on that hill. Okay, I just had to double check online to make sure I'm not a liar, but Red Bull is privately owned, so it's not. Oh yeah, I knew it wasn't. Manufactured a, by Coke yeah. or Pepsi. I just had to make sure I didn't lie about the only Pepsi product I drink, right? Because I sometimes forget to check that. I don't stuff. know if Pepsi. Well, yeah, I guess Pepsi does have an energy drink. Technically, the uh, the Kickstart that's a Mountain Dew. And that's a Pepsi product. Uh, don't they also have Rockstar, though? I don't know. I'll look it up I honestly quick. have no idea. We're going so far off the rails. That's fine. It's the cold open. It's no big deal. There's nothing on my monster can saying that it's a Coke product or a Pepsi product. Rockstar was sold to Pepsi. Okay. In 2020. So. Got it. Monster is actually Coke. Oh, is it? Yeah, Monsters oh, Coke right. and Rockstar is Pepsi. I, I knew they had. See, I knew they both had an energy drink, and that's when I started being like, "You dumbass! Like, you drink Red Bull all the time. You better make sure that's not technically owned by Pepsi, but right. it's not." I I drank Coke Energy for a while, and then like now I can't get the Coke Cherry like zero sugar energy like anywhere anymore. So I'm that like, keeps okay. happening to me with root beer, and it's really pissing <clears throat> me off. Like I love root beer so much, and like. I understand that in the grand scheme of things, it's a small problem, but for me, it really sucks. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, this <clears throat> whole thing is all leading into the fact that yes. we're talking about a, <laughs> a crime. We have sort of, I mean, yeah. So I know pe- right now people are like, what the fuck does this have to do with anything? Oh, well, it has to do with everything. Because today we are talking about Pepsi and why it's important to put a disclaimer on your fucking ads. And why we are never, ever, ever getting sponsored by Pepsi. Well, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but if Coke wants to sponsor us, we're all in. I would snort your root beer. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I'm getting free monster, I'm in. Now let's go. <laughs> I am obsessed with your root beer Coke company, and I'm not sorry. It's so good. <laughs> Thank you for caffeinating it. So uh, we are talking about the docu-series on Netflix, which dropped November 17th of this year, directed by Andrew Renzi, called Pepsi, Where's My Jet? And my main source for this was... Pepsi, Where's My Jet? And that's it, because it is a four-part docuseries. It's on Netflix. Check it out. It's a story. <laughs> I'm a story. So, if nothing else, this episode will teach you, again, disclaimers go on everything. They are your friends. Even if you think it is a joke, Put a disclaimer on the thing. Oh, and also, math is important. I know we can all agree math kind of sucks, but math is important. It's a thing, I promise. It's related. You're looking at me like you think I'm crazy. Well, I'm not, because I know there's some math in this situation, so... It's important. Uh, Well, okay. So... By the end of this, I feel like you'll be firmly on the side of this kid, or at the very least, you'll understand why he did what he did. I am on his side, full stop. So I present you with John Leonard versus PepsiCo. And at any point in this, if I call him Josh Leonard, I'm sorry, there is an actor named Josh Leonard. Is there? Yeah. I'm going to look him up and see if I know him. Joshua Leonard. He was in the Blair Witch Project. And, um... I wanted to call him that so many times when I was writing his name, so if I ever mistakenly do that, I'm sorry. His name is John. So in 1995, the Cola Wars, the Cola Wars, which cracks me up, were going strong. I don't think that there is really a war because Coke is better and everybody knows (laughs) it. Coke was more famous while Pepsi was scoring the big celebrities for their commercials. I want to comment real fast. I want to side note and say... Matt LeBlanc, who was Joey Tribbiani on Friends, was actually doing ads for Coke at this time. And one of his commercials is in the is in the dock for like two seconds. But I saw him and I was like, there he is. LeBlanc! <laughs> there he is! Because he did a ketchup ad too. Itchy bun, lipstick yep. for men. <laughs> 
I'm not oh, even sorry that I just God. did that. That's going to be stuck in my head. Like, the rest two of the day. people are going to get that reference, but and I, I don't care. Them. <laughs> do, 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 do. Ichiban. Lipstick for men. I'm here for it. It's blue. Listen, he looked good with blue lips. He did. It was weird for me, because I was like, I've never been turned on by blue lips, because normally I'm like, oh my god, you're not breathing! <laughs> but he pulled it off. Yeah, listen, very few people can pull it off, but he pulled it off nicely. Anyway, back to this. This is becoming a Matt LeBlanc appreciation episode. Eh, it's just like a little chunk. I'm not mad it's about not that bad. So, uh, Brian Sweetie, the former chief marketing officer for Pepsi, came up with Pepsi Points. For those of you who are familiar with that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Drink Pepsi, get stuff. Now, at this point, I was 15 when the Pepsi Points thing came out, and I had no memory of it at all until we got into the docuseries, and then I was like, oh yeah, I sort of remember this. I remember it, even though I was younger than you, purely because my mom loves Pepsi. Got it. So I remember seeing those, like, bottle caps and shit, Mm -hmm. like, sitting around the house, and I'm pretty (laughs) sure she never did anything with them, but I remember seeing the little bottle caps. Yeah. So the more you drink, the more stuff you get. You can buy things with the points you collect. T-shirts, hats, leather jacket, whatever. They needed a commercial. So they put everything they had behind it. So you see this high school kid and he's wearing the products with the price on screens. Pepsi shirt was 80 points. The leather jacket was 1,200 points. The shades were 125 points. And the heart of this whole thing was the Harrier Jet for 7 million points. And that's why math is important. The kid opens the top and says, sure beats the bus. And that's the commercial that I remember. Like, as soon as they showed the commercial, I went, oh, shit, I remember this. Yeah, I have no memory (laughs) of the ad. But that's not surprising. Again, I was younger than Jess when this came out. That's probably why I can't remember the ad. So, he sure beats the bus and he climbs out. But this is where it's important. Because there's... No disclaimer, no fine print, nothing. No voice that really rapid fire leads right. reads no out voice. a bunch of like horrible side effects. Right, right, right. <laughs> nothing to indicate we are not actually offering you a Harrier jet. I mean, I guess they still do that on like regular ads that aren't for medical products too. It's normally like no purchase necessary. I would just like have that guy's voice rapid yeah, fire saying right, that yeah, yeah. right now. Yeah. So, in Seattle, Washington, 20-year-old John Leonard was in community college, and he had big aspirations. He loved climbing. To him, money meant more adventures. He was, he was um, coaching Little League football when he saw the assistant coach cut the label off of a bottle of Pepsi, and he was like, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, there's, you know, me and my friends. We're getting together. We're going to pull our points to win this Harrier jet. And he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what? He didn't think much of it at the time, but eventually he saw the commercial. Seven million Pepsi points and no fine print. He immediately tried to figure out how much a Harrier jet cost. It was right around 3.2... That can't be right. 32. Why did I say... Why did I have a point there? Because I think it's 32.4, and you probably meant to write that, but Maybe. I know it's 32 million. Well, it's 32 million dollars. His immediate thought was he could probably get 7 million Pepsi points for... A lot less. Yes. He really thought he could do it, but he had no idea how much time he had or how many other people were trying to win this jet or anything like that. He and his family really tried to drink that much Pepsi, and it took them about a week to realize there was no way. That is a long time to realize that. Okay, so they would have had to drink 190 Pepsis a day for 100 years. Okay, it's 100. Yeah. He knew he needed a lot of money to pull this off, despite him trying to do this as cheap as possible. I gotta admire this kid. I really do. I admire this kid's. I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> He's funny. I like I've him. I've always found that expression horrifying, and I cannot explain why, but it, 
I feel like it's something Ron Swanson would say, so that's why I like it. <laughs> it, it is. I could imagine Nick Offerman saying it. For sure. So as he was doing the math, he realized he knew someone that could potentially he could that could potentially like bite on this with him. This person was adventurous, a risk taker, and had the wherewithal to come up with a big amount of money. Plus, it was the only person that would actually talk to him about it. And his name was Todd Hoffman. Todd was also a climber, and he wanted to see everything. He wanted to climb all over the world, including Mount Everest. Now, he had a brain tumor removed in 1992, and his goal was to get on a mountain again, even though his doctors advised against, advised against it. He chose the highest mountain in North America, Mount Denali in Alaska. That's where he met John Leonard and found they had similar interests like wanting to climb a mountain on every continent and all that stuff, which they eventually do, which I think is awesome. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So John called Todd and pitches this idea to him, which he thought was interesting, but also crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, but like all fun stories have like a crazy of course. component. So Todd asked John to get him a copy of the commercial. So he does. And he plays it for him. Which was probably way harder to do back in the oh, day than for it sure. is now. Because you could just get it on YouTube. Right. And when it ends, Todd's like, can you play that again? So he did. And he played it again. And again. And he saw the same thing John did. No fine print, no disclaimer, no just kidding, no voiceover, none of that. Right away, Todd's like, this is false advertising. We're, let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to do this. And he tells John to write his business plan down. Now keep in mind, John is 20. So this was a multi-million dollar business deal to pull this off. And I mean getting all the points needed for the endeavor, labor costs, transportation, storage at the time, it would have been about $4.3 million. Each 12 pack was worth five points. So they needed to buy 1.4 million 12 packs, which was 16 million cans of Pepsi and 600,000 cubic space Feet of space. Space of, space of feet is what I want to say. I like said. a space of feet. <laughs> feet of space. So the plan was to hit six major metro areas, run six warehouses, have people to buy the points, drive the trucks, cut the points off the labels, blah, blah. Too complicated. Hate Too it. complicated. They would need about 45 people and estimated about three months. Back then, I don't know. He says back then there was a, comp a company called Labor Ready, but I think Labor Ready still exists. I don't know if it does or not. Should I Google it? Sure. I will Google it. You continue. And you'd call them if you needed temp labor. John was convinced they could do this while Todd was pointing out the pitfalls and asking the hard questions. Question one. Is it legal to own a Harrier jet? John literally called the Pentagon and told them he was working on a school project. He talked to the spokesperson, Kenneth Bacon. Basically, the answer was yes, but it couldn't have any of the armaments. It was $32 million, and you couldn't buy just one. You had to buy, like, oh, an entire hangar of them. Question two. What are you going to do with it? When? What are you going to do with the jet once you get it? 
you'd want to recoup the costs. The first idea was to take people for rides, but you can't do that because there's only one seat in the Harrier, so that wouldn't work. So the answer was to take it to air shows. Question three, what if we don't get the points in time? What if you get to 6,999,995 points and the promotion ends? What then? You spend all this money, all this time, for nothing. I regret trying to look that up because I have read a bunch of stuff and I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it doesn't matter. So that seemed to be the end of it. But John was still thinking about it. One day he goes into a convenience store and they have... They had set up a point-of-purchase display for Pepsi, including the Pepsi points catalog. It had, what's her name, Cindy Crawford? Is that who it was? Yeah. Like, she was just like, drink Pepsi. I was like, she Hold was on, like, I'm beautiful, and I don't actually drink calories in real life because that's how I'm so thin and perfect. I'm going to drink diet Pepsi all the time. So he picks it up, and he looks through the, through the catalog. And at the end, he reads the fine print. You can buy Pepsi points for 10 cents a piece. As long as you submitted at least 15 points, you could buy the balance. He did real quick math, and the cost went from $4.3 million to 700000 which is much more doable. Yeah. He called Todd and told him the new plan. And Todd was like, listen, I got to think about it. I'm trying to stay off the grid. And this would be basically like putting your thumb in the eye of Pepsi. I don't know if I want to do this. But then he was like, you know what? Fuck it. And that's his words. Fuck it. Let's go. (laughs) I like Todd Hoffman. He's funny. And he wrote the check to send to Pepsi. So from there, so, so on the, I don't know why I said that. So on the form, there were boxes to check for which prize you wanted. And there wasn't one for the Harrier Jet, so they drew one and checked it and wrote Harrier Jet next to it. It's exactly what I would have done. What I would have done, too. The address was a P.O. box in Young America, Minnesota, uh, which is where the fulfillment center is for, like, the bulk of these contests. So this is a $700,000 check, and they can't afford to lose it in the mail so john flies to miami to pick up the check to fly it to minnesota also i would have done the same thing todd's like fine but we're sending a paralegal with you cool whatever so they get in on friday and they stay the night and drive to young america the next day this is now march of 1996 so they get to the post office the next day which is a saturday and they're closed It's like, okay, that's fine. So no one's behind the counter, but the paralegal is like, look, there's a slot to deposit the the mail. Just put it in the slot. Because I would have said, just put it in the slot. It's fine. And just as he was about to do that, he heard someone in the back. So he knocked on the door and he hands the guy the envelope and was like, listen, I need this envelope to get into that P.O. box. Seriously. And this guy was like, Okay, kid. Whatever. That guy was like, what the fuck? Get out of here. The kid. What? Okay. You really want that leather jacket, huh, kid? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's a leather jacket that he wants. (laughs) John knew eventually this would get back to headquarters and someone was going to get blamed for this. Oh, and someone did. Michael Patty, or Patty, I can't remember how they pronounced his name. Former creative director for Pepsi ad agency said the day he heard about John Leonard was the day he heard from Jeff Mordos. They called Jeff Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction because he could fix anything. Brian Sweetie called Jeff and told him someone sent a check for the Harrier jet. And he was like, are you kidding? It's like, no, bro, we're not kidding. Of course, Jeff thought that was preposterous. Brian was adamant it was a joke, and they were very clear about that. No, you weren't, but okay. Jeff thought it was a money grab opportunity, and no one wanted to entertain this. 
Jeff considered keeping the money and sending him the model they used in the commercial, but the commercial didn't say mock-up. It said Harrier jet. So you're aware that it didn't say mock-up. Were you also aware that it didn't say we are LOL. not actually, yeah, we are not actually offering you a jet. LOL. LOL, JK. JK. <laughs> God, was that a thing yet in 1996? No, I don't oh, think so. So, May 7th, 1996, John gets a letter from Pepsi that basically said, hey, thanks for your effort, meant to be a joke, here's coupons, thanks for playing. And they sent back the check. So now they're going to war with Pepsi. But all they have is the commercial. Michael Patty was on an, was an ad designer in the 90s with his partner, Don Schneider. When they were pitching ideas for the commercial, they needed a surprise ending that was funny. And Michael remembered the Neiman Marcus Christmas catalog, and the last page had what was called the fantasy present. It was things that even millionaires would have trouble affording. Okay, apparently LOL dates back to the 1980s, so I'm wrong. It was a thing. I'm going to go bury myself in the backyard. I want to die now. Is that why my back hurts? Probably. Mm. Wow. I want to die. Hmm. Okay. So one of these catalogs even had, like, a two-man submersible, which is hilarious. I want it. I want it, too. Let's go in together on it. How many okay. Pepsi points is that? <laughs> I'm going to have to drink a lot of Dr. Pepper. Because <laughs> I can't write a check for $700,000. I definitely can't. Well, I mean, I could, but it wouldn't cash. It would bounce. <laughs> it would bounce. For sure, it would bounce. <clears throat> it, would, it would bounce like rubber. Into space. Into space. <laughs> like a trampoline. All right. So, Don said, what if it was a Harrier jet? Don, you bastard. No, I don't blame Don for this. He was just spitballing. He was. So, the original commercial was pitched, and they originally wanted the kid from the Sandlot, Patrick Renna. He played Ham Porter. He's the guy that's always like, you're killing me, Smalls. Yep, that guy. And that's basically my life motto. They didn't want somebody conventionally attractive. Like, the whole thing was like... They wanted, like... They won't get the girl, but they'll have... But they get the... Right. Kind of schlubby. Right. Like, just an average Joe. Like, no offense to that actor. I'm just summarizing what they said in the documentary. Right. Brian uh, Sweetie said, no, they have to cast someone else to make it more serious. Well, congrats, it worked. Todd Hoffman wanted to bring it to a lawyer to, just to see what he thought. So he brought it to Larry Shantz. Larry placed the commercial for a couple other lawyers, and they start arguing amongst themselves whether or not it was an offer. They wrote a letter to Pepsi, basically saying, look, we are requesting you send the Harrier jet per your offer, you have the funds, make it happen. So that went on for a while. John comes home one day, and his mom told him someone from the Wall Street Journal was looking for him. So he called the number the guy left, and he asked him if he was the same John Leonard Pepsi just sued in federal court in New York. Because that's how you want to find out you're being sued. And John's like, what? Are you, what? Okay. So Pepsi's headquartered in New York. So Actually, they s- there is no good way to find out you're being sued. No. So I take back that comment. Pepsi's headquartered in New York, so they sued him to get the best venue that would be favorable for them. Shocking. They thought John would back off. Who tries to game the system? Just for the record, y'all, John did not back off. And honestly, if this has happened to me, I'd have been like, you know what? I'm committed now, bitch. Let's go. I am not backing off. No. The gauntlet has been thrown. It has been. Let's go. Gauntlet. Gauntlet. That doesn't sound like a real word. It doesn't. Okay, I'm fine. 
So for the next few days, there was a guy trying to serve him papers before he gave up and left them on the step of his the steps of his parents' house. John was like, I don't know why I was running for the guy from the guy. I just did. I didn't know who he was or what he wanted. I'm like, dude, if there's a guy chasing me around, I'd be running too. So I don't blame you. <laughs> it's just the image is hilarious. I don't know why I tried to outrun him. I just did. <laughs> I was like, nope, not nope. today, not today, bitch, not today. <laughs> I lost my spot. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Pepsi argued it wasn't legal to own a Harrier jet, and for the offer to be legit, it had to be legal. They countersued. Michael was hoping Pepsi would settle. But what happened was Jeff, Mr. Wolf, Wardos, called Michael because he wanted the commercial changed from 7 million points to 700 million points. And a lot of people saw that as an admission of guilt. This girl included. Understandable. It's like, dude, if you didn't think you did anything wrong, why are you changing it? Which, BTW, back to my point of math is important. If you're going to offer something ridiculous, you should probably make sure people can't actually attain it. Right. <laughs> the number has to be ridiculous. Do math. Don't just pick 7 million because you're like, that's a lot. It's good enough. You should have checked your math. No, no. 7 billion would have been better but you know whatever michael definitely saw it michael michael patty definitely saw it as an admission of guilt jeff mordos did not of course he didn't of course not fucking idiot john todd and larry all go to the law offices in new york john todd laurie i know <laughs> i just decided his name is a laurie I'm okay say laurie all right so the lawyers are like, what do you really want? Well, he wants what they offered. And Larry said they did everything they were supposed to do, and it feels like false advertising. So they go back and forth a bit, and the lawyers say, maybe we, maybe they could offer some money. So they wrote down, they wrote down a number on a piece of paper and slid it across like, I thought they only did that on fucking TV, but apparently they don't. Here's the thing. I've always wanted to do that in real life, but it's never come up. I know, right? If I ever get rich, I'm doing it, but I won't get rich. So they offered three quarters of a million dollars, which I'm correct that it was 750000 Yeah. That's three quarters yeah. of a million. Yeah. Okay. I was, that's what I thought. Up to one million. So John and Todd talked it over. And Todd thought he should take the money, but he would support him either way. He was like, look, this money is not going to change my life, but it could change yours. So you do whatever you want to do. I'm going to support you either way. Just, you know, whatever. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a poor person, so I would have taken the fuck out of that. I probably would have taken the money, too. Michael Patty didn't think it was enough money after taxes. So even Michael was like, I don't think he should have taken the money. <laughs> I probably would have taken it too. I mean, especially in the nineties, mm -hmm. but like even now I'm fucking poor. That kind of money, even after taxes would change my life. Oh yeah, for sure. So John was doing the math and he wanted the jet. They go back in and tell the lawyers that because this wasn't about the money. So now they needed a heavy hitter and they brought in somebody that y'all probably might remember the name. Michael Avenetti. You might know him as the man who exposed Donald Trump's payoff to Stormy Daniels. Yep. So this is when it kind of gets crazy. Now, I, I, I do want to say one thing about Mike, Michael Avenetti real fast. Um, Avenetti. Uh, an I'm pretty sure. What did I say? You said ready. I like did? Like an R. Yeah. Oh, okay. Avenetti. So, when the docuseries was being filmed, uh, Avenetti was under house arrest for trying to extort $25 million from Nike, so that happened. Listen, extortion. My guy. Is not legal. No. So, and just is, in case you were wondering. He is under house arrest, probably still. So, in 1997... Michael got a call about the case and agreed to meet up with John and Todd. Michael wasn't even an attorney yet at this time, but he was committed. He also didn't think they would win in a court of law, 
so they get the media involved. So John did lots of radio interviews and talk shows as well as news interviews. Pepsi spokesperson John Harris thought the whole thing was preposterous. Millions of people saw the ad and laughed. He thought he only wanted the money. The McDonald's hot coffee incident was brought up a lot. Unfairly, but Google that if you want the actual truth on that story yeah, because it's, it's too much. It's not what people make it out to be at it's all. It's not. All that woman wanted was her medical bills covered. The lawyers are the ones that went after them and for millions. And if you see the photos of what I happened. Have. I saw the photos. You will never emotionally recover from it. So yep. just putting it out. And the there. coffee was too fucking hot, by the way. But again, Google that case if you want the actual truth behind it. Just one of those times that common sense isn't common sense because you don't fucking know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because I thought it was a money grab for a really long Everybody time. Everybody thought that because that's how it was talked about. Right, exactly. We all thought that, but we didn't mm-hmm. know the actual facts. Right, and then when they came out, we're all like... Oh. I felt like a piece of shit. No, oh, I wasn't yeah. even one same. of those people throwing that around every chance they got. Yeah, same. I felt horrible even though I barely talked about I it. I felt bad because I believed it. Oh, yeah. So Pentagon spokesman Kenneth Bacon said the Harrier jet hadn't been demilitarized, so it couldn't be sold to the public. One day, John gets a call from a guy in Tulsa, Oklahoma named Victor Miller and he claimed to be an aircraft broker and could get a Harrier jet in the country. He said he was hired by Pepsi's ad agency's insurance company to find a Harrier jet and was paid $250,000 for right of first refusal. So Avenetti said if they could prove that, it destroys the argument that the Pentagon made. So John asked for proof and he was faxed an invoice and it looked legit to John. So he was like, okay. John and Michael flew to Tulsa to meet with him in the fall of 1997. He starts telling them he specialized in finding rare, unique aircrafts. And when they pressed him to show him the jet, he could not. What he did show them was a shrimp platter. That's the same exactly the same i see no difference no difference at all i can definitely fly a shrimp platter and you could obviously eat a harrier jet i mean yeah and put it on a platter for like, sure i can't even keep going with this it's not working <laughs> <laughs> so this guy figured if john won the suit pepsi would either have to pay him tens of millions of dollars or deliver a jet So he thought he could impress John and eventually broker a deal between Pepsi and John, making some money himself. Plot twist, that's not how that goes. Michael spent some time digging into Pepsi's scandals. They ran the same product promo in Canada, but with a disclaimer about the Jets. So it raises the question, why did Canada get the disclaimer? But America didn't. Because they think Canadians are more gullible? Question mark? I, I don't. I, I don't know. Just I don't on. know. So Michael believed Pepsi wanted people to believe that the jet was attainable. I mean, obviously. I mean, you would sell more Pepsi that way. Yeah. He also discovered Pepsi had a history of promotions gone awry... And we're going to discuss one now real quick. So in 1992, Coke was everywhere in the Philippines. Yeah, by the way, this is what I originally thought you were talking about when you mentioned that you were doing the Pepsi thing was the Philippines Ah, thing. Ah, yeah. Well, I'm talking about it now. (laughs) Which does involve crime. It made up 75% of the market share. Enter Pepsi numbers fever. Three numbers would be printed under the bottle cap and you could win up to 1 million pesos. That was the 1992 USD equivalent to $40,000. And that was life changing to these people. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Some would buy three to six bottles a day or prioritize it over bread. And it started to dominate over Coke, as it, you would think it would. Which was whole fucking intention. So one day, the number was chosen, and the number was 349. But it didn't go as planned. Those that won noticed they had at least two bottle caps with that number. Something that wasn't supposed to happen. Thousands of people won. And Pepsi decided they weren't going to make good because of a computer error. You're a multi-million dollar company. This fuck up is on your end. Fix it. Fix it. I'm not saying, so I'm not saying they should have honored every single cap. But they should have honored every single person who had a cap, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I understand. Like, if you had three caps... Right. I'm saying you still should have gotten a million right. pesos, mm-hmm. but... I agree. No, I, I agree. I Stop. also just think companies are fucking evil, mm-hmm. so... Protesters came to Pepsi. People were throwing rocks at the trucks and the sales reps. Please don't throw rocks at the sales reps. The sales reps didn't do anything to you, probably. I don't know how it works. I could be bullshitting. They could have even paid out in installments. Right. They're a multi-million dollar if company. If they couldn't afford to heave up all our money at once, they could have paid out in installments. I'm, just I'm sure people would have agreed to it. Right. So, a Pepsi truck was firebombed. Unfortunately, an innocent bystander was killed in that explosion. A teacher. Well, and don't the, piss people off. Yeah. No, not not justifying no. the teacher. No, I understand. R.I.P. And she wasn't the only one. Three employees were killed when the Pepsi plant was bombed. Yeah, which, because the Pepsi plant was bombed too. Which, okay. Those employees did not deserve didn't it. Didn't do The anything. teacher definitely didn't deserve it either. No. Mm-mm. But also, you guys ripped off a lot of people. Yeah. In a big way, like yeah. a big meaningful way. In like a pretty poor area. And you didn't even try to make it right, which yeah. you could have done. Even if you just gave like, it was what? It was a million pesos they could win? Even if it was just 500,000 pesos. I feel like they needed like, to, they should have something. sat down and figured out how they could pay this money out. Yeah. Maybe not, like I said, not every single bottle cap. Right. But every person. Right. Exactly. Even if it was installments, it still would have been acceptable. Mm-hmm. So after the bombing at the Pepsi plant, that swayed public opinion. There was an investigation, and the Filipino government got involved and concluded... I'm going somewhere with this, so just give me a minute. They concluded that Pepsi bombed their own plant and trucks to sway public opinion. Pepsi denied the allegations, and it was later concluded Pepsi was not behind the attacks and it could have been rival bottlers. Now, believe that or not... Something fucking happened, and it was bad, and it was awful. Now, whether or not Pepsi bombed their own shit, or whether and they paid off the Filipino government to say that they didn't do it, I don't know. I'm just speculating. I have no idea what actually happened. As far as I'm concerned, they didn't do it, and somebody else did it, because that's what they concluded, so that's what I'm going with. 
because I don't want to get sued by Pepsi. Because I'm drinking Pepsi right now, so please don't sue me, because then fucking... <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. Sue I know. me. I know. Don't do that. I don't have anything. I can pay you in pictures of my dog. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a good trade to me. 1000 a day? Done. <laughs> but yeah, so... What you choose to believe is your choice. I'm just saying. Dig into it on your own. Make an informed decision. Either way, it's fucked up what happened in the Philippines. Um, yeah, because it's they screwed up. over a bunch of people. A whole bunch of people. And then, regardless of who perpetrated it, several people died. Yeah. Michael had an idea to make an ad campaign to sway public opinion to John. It would have been a series of three ads and a billboard across the street from Pepsi headquarters. The first ad was a young man with a Pepsi logo as a black eye, with the text reading, Pepsi deceiving a generation. The second ad was just blank. It was just a blank space with fine print at the bottom basically saying, hey Pepsi, this space is for legal verbiage so that you don't get yourself into trouble. And the third one was a Pepsi bottle with a lit rag sticking out of it, which was a callback to the Molotov cocktails used in the Philippines. Again, fucking horrible that that even happened there. And then in 2015, the whole Pepsi perfect bullshit. Nobody died in that one. It was just poor planning on their part, but I'm not going to get into that because there's no point. Well, it turns out people don't learn their lesson when they're not punished. I still think Pepsi should have just done Back to the Future artwork on the cans and left it at that, but whatever. That's just me. If you know what I'm talking about, you know. If you don't, you don't, and it's fine. It's really not that big of a deal. They found people willing to run the ads, including USA Today, but the costs weren't small. They decided to have Todd fund it since Pepsi sent back his check. Except Todd really didn't like the idea because it seemed too much like blackmail. Todd took Michael aside and asked him what he thought the odds were that Pepsi would sue John over this. And Michael said, 100%. And Todd was like, then how could you advise him to do this? Which, rightfully, if you think there is a 100% chance that your client is going to get sued over this... How can you advise him to go ahead with it? Because you... You're trash. A, are bank planning to bankroll all of this with somebody else's money. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, because he expected Todd to pay for the ads. Right. And then Todd would have been stuck helping with legal costs when the lawsuit happened. Right. And, like, B, you're not... <laughs> Like, you're not taking your responsibility to provide legal advice seriously, which, hey, we've seen that before on this podcast. Yeah. Offering people advice that isn't actually responsible. Right. So he's like, well, it'll be settled in the end. And Todd was like, I'm not going to prison over a Harrier jet and neither's John. Bottom line. Which is a fair stance. Right. Um, so... Michael was prepared to have people buy out Todd so they could proceed. Todd's response to that while filming the docuseries was, Michael's wearing an ankle bracelet, and I'm not, and uh, I don't have to worry about people coming after me for 36 federal indictments, so there you go. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, you're not wrong, so he's not exactly the best person, I'm just saying. So, John had to make a decision, and he ultimately chose Todd. So, now we're in 1998, and the next phase was getting in front of a jury, so they needed a lawyer, not Michael Avenetti, since John thought he was getting Perry Mason and wound up with Saul Goodman. Sorry, Saul, but let's be honest. So, they went with David Nachman for the litigation. Once Pepsi filed the suit against John, it was assigned to Judge Kimba Wood. We don't like her. And I'm going to tell you why. We don't like her because she is a corporate judge who favored corporations. So this case 
I feel was ultimately decided before it was even heard. But whatever. They wanted to go in front of a jury while Pepsi did not. They managed to convince Judge Wood to summary judgment, which is a mechanism to decide a case before it goes to a jury, which is what I just fucking said. John was still hopeful and wanted to depose Pepsi and everyone involved in the ad. If they got deposed, they could ask questions like, why did Canada get the disclaimer, but America didn't? Why was the point total raised, etc.? Michael Patty divulged information he hadn't spoken about in 25 years and showed the original storyboarded ending to the commercial that was presented to the client. The Harrier Gent point total was 700 million points originally. Math. And the client, it, it was meant to be unattainable. Yeah, it was literally, they sat down and did the math. And right. And like, here's how we can get away with doing right. this. And the client said that number was too hard to read. Jeff Mordos recalled a discussion in the editing room about the number being too long. So the editor dropped it to 70 million, but the client still found it hard to read. So it became 7 million and the client liked it better. It was an aesthetic choice. That should be the title, Suit Over Aesthetics. I mean, here's the problem with that. Math, you fucking idiots. That's the title, Math, you fucking idiots. Like, I'm just saying. How math and, and aesthetics led to <laughs> Pepsi being sued. <laughs> like, sometimes it turns out you should probably make sure you fucking checked your work. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So that you're not trying to sell a $32 million point for 700 gram. But what do I know? Yeah. I'm just a woman. Yep. Michael gave a little pushback saying all you needed to see was one seven with a whole bunch of zeros after it. Which, That's all you needed. Which he's not wrong. He's about. not wrong at all. At all. And the client was like, no, I want it to be readable. Well, it was. Congratulations. How about, and I don't know, I'm just spitballing here. You just changed it to 700 and then wrote the word million, and I still fixed your fucking problem. Or, here's an idea. Add a fine print disclaimer that says you won't actually win a Harrier jet. Or just stop sucking. <clears throat> oh, wait, you can't do that because you're not Coke. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, but I'm really worked up. This and is a Pepsi slander here's episode. Here's the thing. I'm less angry about the jet thing than I am about the Philippines thing. Oh, no, that's bullshit. But also, just like, fuck you, Pepsi. Mm -hmm. And your ads. And the horse <laughs> your ads rode in on. So Jeff said no one thought about the 10 cents a point thing because it was just a gag. I don't like Jeff Mortos, just for the record. Here's the thing. Math! Okay. Okay, yes. I'm done screaming about math, okay. probably. All right. We hope. Ultimately, Judge Wood didn't want to depose anyone and said she had everything she needed. So while they waited, John and Todd continued to climb and managed to climb Mount Everest. And one day they get the final word from Judge Wood. And you probably already know where I'm going with this, y'all. She was like, nothing for you. She was like, listen... Pepsi wins. Here's the thing. No. <laughs> the written opinion was long and seemed like she was writing for the law books. She ruled for Pepsi. No reasonable person would have found this credible. And if it were me, I'd have responded with bold of you to assume I'm reasonable. <laughs> I mean, that's like a usual legal standard. Yeah. To say, like, or the whole, what, like... What a reasonable person would right. believe. It's like, I would... Or I'd, like, get my inner Scarlet Witch and be like, this is me being reasonable. Evil motherfucker. But whatever. That's fine. Um, John definitely wasn't the only one who thought this was credible. I mean, the people pulling their points clearly also thought it was real. Right. So let's say there was six of those people. So there was, let's just say there were six. So there were at least seven people, potentially. I'm sure there were way more 
than that. That thought this was credible. I mean, John's family helped him try to do it also. So right. we have to include those people. Right. So it was his mom and dad. I don't think he has any brothers or sisters, so. But yeah, like, if it was just John, I'd be like, okay. But it wasn't. It was not. Like, I don't know what 15-year-old me thought. I probably had a brief, weird that there's no fine print under there. And then just went along with my life because I was 15 and didn't care. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to fucking Harrier jet, but... Me either. Some people do. Some people want to make a point. And honestly, I don't blame them. Some people would like to make $32 million. I would love to make $32 million. Samesies. Even just $3.2 million I'll take. Probably give most of it away, but... Yeah, same. I'd pay off all my debts, though. Yep. Yeah, I would... Yeah. Yeah. The dream is I just want to help everybody. Anyway. Hire someone to walk the puppy until it's potty trained. Here you go. <laughs> well, at that, at that, you could get, what's his name? Caesar Milan? See the dog whisperer? Yeah. Just hire him. You can afford it at that point. Just be like, hey, um, I just need you to assist me with this puppy until it's potty trained, and then I will take over. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I'm not that good at this. <laughs> Oh, yeah. John definitely wasn't the only one who thought this was credible. The corporate judge sided with the corporation. No surprise there. John started getting calls from law schools because Leonard versus PepsiCo was in the law books now. I think that's hysterical. I love that so much. I think that's great. Jeff's son was in law school many years later and called one day asking if he knew anything about a Harrier jet. And he was like, um, yeah, how do you know about that? And he was like, oh, well, it's a critical case for understanding the boundaries of contract law. So your son is now learning about the case that you fought so hard against because he's going to school to be a lawyer. And I just think that's hysterical. That's pretty cool. I think that's great. Oh, and for the record, most people think John should have gotten the jet. So that happened. Or at least the monetary value. He was even an answer on Jeopardy. That would be pretty cool. Michael Patty even said at the end, he's like, I really want to hate this guy. But I can't. Because I, I probably would have done the exact same thing. And just as a final thought, which has nothing to do with anything, I just think it's hysterical. Throughout this entire four-part docuseries, they were having separate certain people do the, the Pepsi challenge. If you're not, if you don't know what the Pepsi challenge is, you taste um, Coke and Pepsi, but you don't know which is Coke and which is Pepsi. Yeah, it's and a you, blind taste And test. you pick, thank you, that's what I was looking for. And you have to pick which one you like more and they were keeping track and uh, at the very end coke won because of john leonard he was the last one that said i like this one more and it was coke and i'm like that's great um, so in the end coke won bitch i feel like that test wouldn't work for me because i feel like i'd be able to t i feel like i would know which yeah. one is which just by tell. smelling them let alone by tasting it yeah, there was, uh, we did this in the Girl Scouts years and years and years I mean, ago. Maybe I'm wrong, because I've never tried it without seeing it, but it's like when mm. I've sniffed soda in cups, because it's not marked, like if you get takeout, I can always tell which one is mine. You've done that here. Yeah. Yeah. Because I learned doing that from my parents, because like my mom always drinks Pepsi, like I said, and when you get multiple dark sodas, they all look the same, so if they're not marked, you smell them. Mm -hmm. So I'm convinced I would smell the difference. Interesting. I'm going to start doing that from now on, just because I'm curious. But yeah, I see. Yeah, because Dr. Pepper has a very distinct smell, for sure. They all do. Yeah. That's Although interesting. I'm not sure I could identify regular Pepsi versus diet. Like, I'm not that fucking good, but I I think I could smell a Coke and a Pepsi mm -hmm. and know. Yeah. We did the blind taste test when I was in Girl Scouts, and I was able to correctly identify which was Coke and which was Pepsi. I'd like to say I could still do that, but who the fuck knows anymore. I think I could. Now, the diet... I might, I might be able to do because I actually do prefer Diet Pepsi to Diet Coke. I don't like that. I've never tried that, so I don't know if I could do it or not, no. but I know most of the time I can identify a dark-colored soda just by smelling it. Right. It's wild. But yeah, so uh, the uh, 
the important takeaway here is uh, put disclaimers on your fucking commercials and Pepsi sucks and uh, yeah. And also, if you're going to start a reward system and you want to throw out a reward that you feel like is impossible, you should probably quickly do the math to make sure it's impossible. Mm -hmm. And if this story wasn't enough to convince you of that, watch the episode of The Office where Andy does a point system and has to get a tattoo on his ass after they pull their points. <laughs> I remember that. that and was they fun. do it in one day and mm -hmm. it was supposed to be impossible. Mm -hmm. So just do math. It's not hard, guys. It's really not hard. Like, we have calculators. I don't understand what the problem is. You don't have to, like, sit there and figure it out with a pen and paper. Nope. Calculator. It's not hard, y'all. So, anyway, drink Coke. As and I sit here with my Pepsi. <laughs> drink Coke and try not to get a Nard Dog tattooed on your ass. Unless, I forgot that's what it was. <laughs> unless that's what you really want in life. And then go ahead, because it's your ass. You do you, man. Sold. All right. And Done. that's the episode. Woo! Coke! Ass tattoos. A cola. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola and ass tattoos. That's, that's, the, that's the fucking title. I don't know if it is, but it's your episode. It's great, though. <laughs> no, it's not going to right. be that. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to us. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes of the Studying Scarlet podcast. If you have any cases or any criminals that you would like to hear us discuss on the show, please feel free to email us at studyingscarletpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on any of our social media accounts. Those can be found in the description to this episode. And remember, guys, we talk about crime and criminals. Sometimes it's fact. Sometimes it's fiction. But it's always fucked up. Bye! This has been the Studying Scarlet Podcast. Hosted and researched by Ashley Rosewood and Jessica Charisse. Produced and edited by Nathan Schell.